Welcome back to Inside Fantasy Football. We're going to go over the NFL draft that has taken place the last few days today. We're also going to cover uh, teams' overall drafts will be included in some uh, capacity as uh, there were some defensive moves made by some teams uh, that I think will affect the offensive side of the ball. Uh, a good defense always helps out a good fantasy offense, and I think some teams address that, which will in turn affect some of the players they have on the off- offensive side of the ball for fantasy purposes. Uh, so we'll do a whip-around style. I'm going to go over the players I think uh, are going to make the biggest fantasy impact, um, along with some other analysis as we go through the podcast. All right, today we're going to start in Baltimore, who had an overall very, very good draft. They got Patrick Queen at linebacker. Um, They addressed some needs. Uh, The only fantasy-relevant player that I really want to talk about on that squad is J.K. Dobbins, running back they took out of Ohio State. Uh, He is a running back similar to the Mark Ingram type style, short and squatty, kind of a shifty running back. He can run with some power. Not the best pass catcher in the world. I think that's going to help Ingram out a bit. Uh, For the Mark Ingram owners, I don't think this is too much of a problem. I think it's more of a depth move. So if you are in a keeper league, four to six keepers and on, I do think Ingram is worth a fourth to sixth round uh, uh, spot right now, maybe a little higher. He is probably still the better back. And he will get the first look there in Baltimore. I doubt the kid's going to come in and take too much from him. I think he's going to be a rest tool. Uh, He's not a third down back. Uh, It's a little muddled back there. I think that's the main issue. Uh, There will be, uh, you know, a group of backs depth-wise for the Ravens. They are a run-heavy team. There will be enough to go around. And I don't think it's going to hurt Mark Ingram as bad as people are expecting. I know a lot of Mark Ingram owners... We're not happy when that pick was made, uh, but I do think Mark Ingram is still safe. Even though in Dynasty Leagues, Dobbins is a nice guy to sit on. Ingram has injury issues from time to time. If he does, I do think Dobbins might step in and be that early down workload guy for Baltimore. So that is definitely something to keep an eye on. And I do think Dobbins has some uh, value in Dynasty. We're going to move on to the Bills. Uh, Very interesting draft. They definitely addressed a lot of their needs. Uh, They took Jake Fromm late in the draft in the fifth round, which I think is a good guy to sit uh, as a backup, hold a clipboard for a couple years there in Buffalo. I think it's a good spot for Fromm long term. I don't think he really has any fantasy relevance at this point, though. Uh, Zach Moss, the running back out of Utah that... Buffalo took in the third round, I think is going to push Singletary a little bit. Uh, I do think, similar to Ingram, I think Singletary's job is still safe. The only thing is, Singletary's never really been an every down, bang it out type back. I think he's got the ability. I think a lot of people would say that we see the ability from week to week. Um, Durability may be in question a little bit. Uh, if Moss, with his abilities, has any crack in the system to show off his skills, I think Moss could step in a little bit. Uh, but I wouldn't be running and trading Singletary just yet. I know people get excited with the drafts, and it was nice to see this during this quarantine. Uh, but I don't think Moss is going to step in and take Singletary's job right away. Singletary with the opportunity to be the not every down. I don't think there is such thing as an every single down back anymore, but for Singletary to get the majority of the workload is probable at the beginning of the year. And I do think Singletary's talent should rise above Zach Moss's talent in the end. So I don't think you need to, depending on, you know, there's a lot of different situations. We'll go over draft spots as we get closer to the season. There's a lot of moving around trades and so on that need to happen free agency signings and that type of stuff to happen leading up to the season before we can really gauge where these guys are going to be ranked in drafts. But I don't think Moss is going to step in and take Singletary's spot. Uh, It's not a great move for Singletary owners, but I also don't 
advise overreacting. Zach Moss, I think, is a depth move, an insurance piece. And he will get to show some of his abilities. Uh, there's always opportunities in the NFL, in today's NFL. Like I said earlier, there's not really a back that takes every single down anymore. So Moss will have some um, some sharing uh, duties there to start the year and maybe throughout the year if Singletary steps up. So I do think that is with that offensive setup, I do think that Singletary is the guy to take right now and that Moss is somebody that you can sit on as a handcuff because if Singletary goes down, I do think Zach Moss is a strong, strong handcuff. And as we get closer you know, through the summer, closer to the season, we'll be able to gauge exactly where these handcuffs should go in a draft. All right, we'll move on to Carolina. Uh, all defense, not much to go on um, as far as fantasy. But like I said at the beginning of the podcast, defenses affect offenses and their fantasy output. If you have a good defense that can get some three and outs and pin the opposing team deep so your team can get good field position in games, it does have a huge fantasy impact to have a good defense. I do think Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers had the right idea. They've got the pieces that I think Rule needs on offense there in Carolina to succeed. I'm not 100% sold on Bridgewater as a starter in the NFL yet, but he has earned this opportunity. And I think with DJ Moore and Samuel, uh, of course, McCaffrey, the top all-round back in the league, they've made some moves at tight end. I do think Carolina is fine on offense. Uh, the offensive line, I think, is a little questioning, you know, has a little bit of a question mark next to it. But no team is perfect. I do think Carolina got a lot better. And that defense getting better, and that's one thing I think happened yesterday or at the end of this draft with Carolina, is their defense got better. So I do think that's going to affect McCaffrey. He's going to get shorter fields to work with, more touchdown opportunities. Might help Bridgewater as well. Uh, They're not in an easy division. They're in a very, very tough division this year. I think that's the biggest hinder for the Panthers is they just are going to have a brutal schedule this year. Uh, Other than that, uh, they did improve your Uh, Fantasy-relevant guys for Carolina pretty much stay intact. It's basically McCaffrey and Moore. Uh, Samuel's kind of a late-round, mid-to-late-round guy. He's etching up towards the mid-rounds like he did last year. Uh, But I've been burned with the Samuel uh, bump-up throughout the offseason before. So, especially with Bridgewater, he's not necessarily a downfield guy. Uh, So, DJ Moore and McCaffrey pretty much stay put in their rankings, I believe, at this point, especially with an all-defense draft by the Panthers. All right, we're going to move on to the Bears. Uh, Their first pick was kind of mind-boggling. They went out and and got a tight end in free agency, and then now they draft a tight end with their first-round pick. Uh, a second round pick was actually their first pick, but the uh, you know eleventh pick in the second round. Uh, and Komet is good out of Notre Dame. He's going to be a decent uh, pass catching tight end that can also block. I think he could be productive. Uh, it's strange though to see them take him so early. It's a classic Bears pick. It's similar to the Raiders with speed. They just seem to draft similar every year. Uh, but Komet may uh, make a difference there. Uh, the rest they really tried to focus on. They got some low-end offense towards the end with their line and the receivers. Uh, but basically, defense was the next three rounds for Chicago. So their fantasy pieces are pretty much still in place there in Chicago. Not much effect from the draft. All right, we're going to move on to the Bengals, who got Joe Burrow. Of course, I think this is a big deal, along with a lot of other people in the football world. Uh, Burrow is going to immediately make the Bengals better. I don't know how much better. I still think there's a good possibility they're in the cellar again this year. Uh, But they did have a pretty good draft. Not only getting Burrow, which I think is going to step right in and be a productive quarterback, assuming they get their offensive line where they need it to be, Uh, But T. Higgins, a taller, athletic receiver to either... Right now, the talk is that he's backing up A.J. Green, uh, but I'm pretty sure they'll figure out a way to get both those guys on the field at the same time, along with Joe Mixon in the backfield. Um, Higgins, to me, is an immediate plug-in starting type guy. 
probably on the fringes of wide receiver two range going into the fantasy football season this fall. Uh, it's he's also a rookie uh, with a rookie quarterback in a new system there. You know, a second year coach, very young coach in Cincinnati. I don't know if Higgins is going to be a home run right off the bat, but with a quarterback with Burrow's skill set, with AJ Green mixing taking the heat off him a little bit and some play action, I do think there is some room for Higgins to make an immediate fantasy impact. The Bengals focused on other areas for the rest of the draft, but I do think Burroughs and Higgins are immediate fantasy players. Um, I don't know if either one of them are going to rise into the top tiers right off the bat, but they are definitely two guys that you need to be looking at in dynasty formats and keeping on the back burner in regular formats as well because Burrow could turn out to be a barn burner first year. He's got that type of talent. If things go perfect for the Bengals, I think Burrow... Uh, could be a very productive fantasy quarterback, along with A.J. Green and Higgins both being fantasy-relevant wide receivers. And, of course, Joe Mixon is in the top tier at running back. So they pretty much added two pieces to the fantasy puzzle there in Cincinnati. I think that is what they needed on offense. They needed to bring their offense to life around Joe Mixon, get A.J. Green back healthy. Looks like he's going to play for Burrow. So Cincinnati's got some fantasy players besides Joe Mixon this year, and that is an immediate fantasy upgrade for the Bengals. Very good overall draft for the Bengals. I think they took a step in the right direction. We're going to move on to a team in their same division. Very similar draft. I think it helped the team in all the areas they needed. The Cleveland Browns, uh, they got their offensive tackle that they've needed to protect Baker, hopefully to help him get his head around this offense and have a better year than last year. And assuming that happens, that's going to help OBJ, Landry, Chubb. They all should have pretty decent fantasy years. OBJ is really looking to rebound. And I think if they solidify the line and add the pieces to defense where they get some shorter three and outs and get the offense in better situations, I think Baker has a chance to step up and be a better quarterback this year. And that will affect OBJ, Landry, and Chubb. So they did address issues that they needed. They also snagged a pretty decent tight end in the draft that a lot of people slept on. Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic. He could be a good number two tight end. They've already got their tight end uh, set going into the draft with uh, Hooper. Uh, but Bryant it will be a good pass-catching big boy tight end uh, if they run. And they do seem to run a lot of two tight end sets there in Cleveland. Could be some good play action situations with Baker with those two tight ends. So sneaky pick in Harrison Bryant at tight end in the fourth round for the Browns. And a huge pickup with Willis out of Alabama at tackle. I think he is going to protect Baker and give him some more time to do what he needs to do. So an upgrade for Cleveland, uh, for Baker, for OBJ, for Landry, even Hooper at tight end. Uh, Very, very interesting draft. I do think Cleveland will be better. Overall, they got some defensive uh, rookies coming in as well that could help out. Uh, They've made some moves free agency-wise with the offensive line and the defense as well in the offseason. So I do think the Browns are going to be a player in fantasy and in actual NFL action this year. It's a good draft for Cleveland and Cincinnati. It was nice to see those two teams who have such horrible draft histories step up and make uh, really smart picks. Each round was pretty impressive, and I do think both teams will be better next year for it. For sure. Especially Burrow and Cincinnati. That's going to be very interesting to watch. It's a lot of pressure on that kid. But I do believe, along with most experts, that he should rise to the occasion. Whether the rookie year is great or not, I do think he is the long-term future there in Cincinnati. <clears throat> First really good long-term quarterback they've had since Boomer Esiason, I believe, in Cincinnati. Dallas, a pretty interesting draft. Uh, C.D. Lamb. I think was a little, they needed a lot at that pick, but knowing Jerry Jones, the way he drafts, he loves flashy players. They really just want to load up offensive weapon wise around Dak and Zeke. 
I felt like an offensive lineman could have been taken there, but just knowing the Cowboys and Jerry, they want to flash it out a little bit, and they did with CeeDee Lamb. I think he's going to fit right into that offense. Fantasy-wise, it's a little bit more muddled. Uh, There's going to be, you know, you got Amari Cooper. You've got Gallup. You've got Zeke, who's going to want the ball quite a bit. And then you got CeeDee Lamb stepping in there. I do think Lamb, in actual NFL reality, is going to make a a great difference for this Cowboy. It's going to give them uh, a slot outside guy if needed. He can kind of move around a little bit. Speed. He's got great hands. Uh, I think he's going to be around for a while. He's 6'2", 200 pounds, so he's not a small guy. I do think Lamb is going to fit right in with this offense. Now, fantasy, that is something we got to see in camp and kind of get reports back at the end of summer, however that goes down with this quarantine. Uh, But to get some kind of feedback of how they're going to use him, uh, he's going to get the ball. He's going to be part of this offense. It's just a matter of how much and in what situations. I don't know how fantasy rel- – he probably took Gallup's stock down a little bit. I do think Amari's going to get his. Zeke is still going to get his. I think they are um, disaster-proof. Those two guys are going to get what they get. Amari's your inconsistent superstar, but he is a superstar. So Dak – Amari and Zeke are still strong fantasy plays. CeeDee Lamb is still, I'd say, a middle-round guy, but people are going to jump a lot higher on him, especially in that offense. Just beware. I know we're only in April. We're heading into May. It's very early, but just heading into draft season, I think Lamb is going to be going a little bit too high just because there's going to be a lot of hands to feed uh, in that Dallas offense. So CD lamb may be a tad overrated on the fantasy side, just because of the depth on that offense at the skill positions. But I do think he's going to be a great player. And I do think over time, whether Gallup walks or they get sick of Cooper, however, those things go down in the next few years. Uh, CD lamb will eventually be a star there in Dallas. I really believe that he's got that type of talent. Uh, they really addressed The defense, they got a center late in the draft. The Cowboys overall had a pretty good draft. Now we're going to get to the team that I think probably had the best draft period. And I don't know if that's just tilted because there's a lot of skill position players involved. Fantasy people tend to focus on that and not, you know, linemen and stuff like that overall draft. But I do believe the Denver Broncos are right there one or two in this draft as far as what they got back they had a ton of picks and they really made the most of them they went out and got probably the most polished receiver i believe in the draft there's been a lot of speculation there at the top rugs went before him to las vegas but jerry judy to me for the broncos along with Cortland sutton who is already there is a perfect fit with Drew Lockett quarterback, I think they're ready to open up there in Denver. They've got Gordon that they picked up in free agents in the offseason. So Melvin Gordon, Lindsey right there as a little one-two punch. You've got a good, talented uh, rookie quarterback in Drew Locke that this should be the year to see what you got with him. He's got the weapons now. Then you got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy that we just mentioned that is probably the most talented receiver in the draft. A lot of people are saying he could be one of the most talented receivers coming out of college in the last 20 years. I hear that every year about a receiver, though. Don't put too much into that, but he does look like he is going to be a game changer. And then you put him on the other side with a proven star rising in Cortland Sutton. You can't stack the box against Gordon or Lindsey now because they're going to have weapons on the outside for the kid. With Noah Fant, a good young tight end there in uh, Denver to boot. And then the second receiver they took in the 14th pick in the second round, K.J. Hamler, perfect slot receiver. So you're going to have Judy and Sutton on the outsides when they run three wide receiver sets. You're going to have Judy, Sutton with Hamler in the slot out of Penn State. A great pick. Great may be overstated, but a very strong pick. To finish off that offense, they've got a good, young, talented offense now with a second-year quarterback. Three very young receivers, two rookies, and a guy in his second or third year in Sutton. Then you got Gordon, Lindsey, Fant. All skill positions are set in Denver. They made some moves in the offseason to address defense. They got a good quarter cornerback out of Iowa. 
to chip in on that defense. They got a pretty decent defensive tackle out of Arkansas in the third round. So they addressed their defense. They got younger and faster, more athletic on offense to add on to the Gordon move that they already made. The Denver Broncos, to me, were the number one draft this draft season, for sure. I think Miami's pretty close. Miami had a great draft as well, uh, but we'll get to them soon. We're going to move on to the Detroit Lions, who took Akuda with their first pick at cornerback to address that much needed. I thought maybe they were going to take Derrick Brown to help shore up that line. Couldn't go wrong with either pick. I think it was a decent first pick. But as far as fantasy goes, DeAndre Swift in the second round, third pick in the second round, they took Swift. I do think this is one of the the losers in the draft, I think, is Carrion Johnson. Swift is built for the NFL. He looks like an NFL running back. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think he's going to be right there in Carrion's hip pocket. Carrion's had a lot of injury issues. I do think going into camp, now that's when we really got to pay attention. Going into camp, it's still going to be carry on with Swift kind of the rest piece guy that when carry on needs to come off the field, get Swift in there. He'll get a few carries here and there in certain situations. But I do think it's going to still be carry on Johnson's, assuming he stays healthy, carry on Johnson's job. I would not take him out of the keeper talk. I wouldn't drop him drastically yet. I just don't think they're going to immediately hand the ball off to Swift and tell Carrion he's a backup. Carrion Johnson still has a ton of talent. He's just got to stay on the field. If he does, I do think Swift is more of a depth piece and a handcuff at this point. I think that's the safest way to approach that. Uh, Most of the rest of their draft in Detroit went towards defense, which is really a need for that team and understandable. So Swift and carry-on in Detroit is the fantasy uh, situation, and I think right now it's pretty simply put with Swift as a handcuff. Carry-on, don't freak out and drop him. I would still use him as a four- or a six-keeper league. I think he would still get into that group. You never can have enough running backs because there's so few to choose from. Wide receiver field is very deep. So anytime you think you can get one of these talented running backs, even like a carry-on Johnson that you're a little worried about Swift, carry-on has proved that he can play week in, week out. Swift is a good young talent coming in, yes. But carry-on is going to get the first dibs going into the season. He's It's his job to lose. And as far as when he's healthy, I don't see him giving up the rock to Swift. I just don't. The caveat there, the most important thing to pay attention to is it's not a bad idea to get Swift maybe a little bit on the early end in any of these drafts just because you're going to put the dice on carry on not lasting health-wise throughout a season. That's a pretty safe uh, handcuff. So Swift will definitely be strong in the handcuff conversation. We're going to move on to Green Bay, who had an extremely interesting draft, taking Jordan Love as the future of the franchise. Very smart pick for Green Bay. They know they've got two or three years, probably max with Aaron Rodgers, before he either walks or retires. Why not get a kid that they're – the whole talk about Jordan Love is that he was not ready to take over a team his rookie year. He needs to work on some things, maybe hold a clipboard for a year or two. That was – in every analysis about Jordan Love, that the talent is there. Just need some more time to work on certain things. This is that situation for Jordan Love. This is the situation for the Packers. Uh, They did the similar thing with Aaron Rodgers, taking him before the end of Favre's career. Turned out to be a great pick. They've had a Hall of Fame-type quarterback for almost 30 years in Green Bay because of that move with Aaron Rodgers. I think they're trying to continue that. And... I personally believe it was a great pick by the Packers and for the future of the franchise. Did they have other needs? Yes. Could they have gotten some other skill position players for Aaron there? Absolutely. But they're thinking long-term. I really can't argue with that. In a few years when Aaron leaves and Love is nice and 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 had watched that offense for a couple years, he's going to be ready to step in. And I think that is going to be huge for the Packers. Not a bad pick. But the pick that everybody in the fantasy world is talking about and what impact it's going to make is A.J. Dillon running back out of Boston College. They took with the 30th pick in the second round. He's a big boy. He's six foot 250, 247 technically, but six foot 250. So he's going to be a bowling ball. 
Jones is a different type of back. Aaron Jones does things a lot different than what A.J. Dillon does. It's going to be two different types of styles, maybe a thunder and lightning type situation. But talent-wise, health-wise, if Jones stays healthy, I do believe they're going to lean on Jones. This is a depth move for the Packers. Dylan will be in the handcuff conversation because if Jones goes down, which he usually does for a few games every season, that seems to be a pattern. Dylan will make a fantasy impact at that point, but he's not Jones. He's not a scat speed guy. He's more of a, a hefty guy that runs between the tackles. He's not really a bulldozer either. He's just a good shifty back, but he's still 250. He's short to the ground. He could have a pretty decent spot there in Green Bay, and I do believe that he'll get his opportunity at some point because Jones always gets some kind of little nagging injury. But other than that, he's another guy. He's probably not even high up on that list, but he will make the list for handcuffs. It's a good spot for Dylan to come in and learn the offense and kind of learn his groove with the offense. And they will get him a few carries as well uh, with along with Jones early in the season. But it will be Jones getting a majority of the work And no matter how they split it up, Jones, with his talent, assuming he's 100% healthy, is going to do more with the Rock and be more productive than Dylan at this point going into his very first rookie year. So it's still Jones. He's still keepable in my mind. And I think they are going to work that run offense a little bit and let Aaron um, run some play action. There's been a little talk. I've read some things that LaFleur is thinking about running the ball a little bit more. Uh, Kind of going a Kubiak style with a lot of play action and rollouts with Aaron and his ability with his legs and to throw on the run. Aaron Rodgers is one of the all-time best quarterbacks at throwing on the run. So I do think that's going to be the angle of this offense. And that means Jones will still get the production you need. And I do think Dylan will be involved enough to where he could step right in. So he uh, will be a must-handcuff mid-round guy at this point. Who knows how this offseason is going to go, but at this point, right now, Dylan is a mid-round handcuffed, in my opinion, probably lower mid-round handcuffed. But people will take these rookies too early. So really look at your teams and see if it's worth picking a rookie early in a draft because a lot of times that can really burn you. I love rookies myself. but I have to talk myself out of rookie picks too early all the time. So with Dylan, be careful. Uh, There's a lot of overrating going on right now. It is still Aaron Jones at running back, fantasy-wise, for the Packers. So don't overstress that. It's not worth it. The Houston Texans, really not much fantasy-wise. No offensive players to speak of, really, uh, in fantasy terms. Uh, They got an offensive lineman to help there, but they got Blackston... The defensive tackle, I'm sorry, Blacklock uh, out of um, TCU. Big 300-pound defensive tackle. That will help the Texans on defense. If they can, you know, similar to what I've been saying, if they can get better on defense, that will help the offense and whatever weapons they have left after the Hopkins trade there in Houston. Uh, We're going to move on to the Indianapolis Colts. That's another team I think is in the top three to five in the draft. They may, they may even be right uh, behind uh, the top teams in the draft as far as... I, I, I put them in the 3-5 to five range. They really had a great draft, in my opinion. They addressed some needs that needed to, um, to happen for this team to make that next step around Rivers at quarterback. They got Pittman, a receiver out of USC. He's a big, tall, athletic receiver out of USC. 6'4", 223. He is not going to be a small target for Rivers. I think that's a big plus to go along with Hilton on the other side. Big, big plus there. I think Pittman was a nice pickup for that offense, and it's going to help out T.Y. Hilton. It's going to help out the run game. It's definitely going to help out Rivers. Jonathan Taylor, though, is the pick a lot of people are talking about. How is this going to affect Mack at running back? And this one I do think is going to affect Marlon Mack. I do think this rookie has the ability and the makeup to really take a lot of work from Mac. I think Mac could turn into a situational running back. He may go into the season similar to these players I've mentioned earlier in this podcast with the job, 
because he's been there, knows the system, and this quarantine, there, you know, teams might not get a lot of work. So you may start the season with Mac, but I think Taylor already at this point could be a fourth or fifth round running back to take. I do think it's his job eventually there. I like Marlon Mack, and I've rode with him a few times in leagues over the past couple years. But he's got injury reoccurrences that happen. And I think if he gets hurt this year, Jonathan Taylor, who touched the ball a ton in college, played against tough competition, and stayed on the field. His only question is, did he get too much work in college? I don't believe so. I think Jonathan Taylor is NFL ready. I think if he gets any kind of opportunity, he could even win that job in the preseason. I think he's that good. The tape that I've seen on him, he's got all the skill sets you need for a back in the NFL. And Marlon Mack is a good back too. And I think it's just going to be a two-headed horse. I think at the beginning of the season, even if Jonathan Taylor wins out the job, I think you're going to get hampered a little bit with the sharing between Mack and Taylor. But I do think long-term, if it's a guy that you can sit on with depth and not hurt yourself taking him too high, because I do think at this point people might take Taylor in the top five rounds. And I just don't know if he's quite there yet because Marlon Mack is going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's going into a contract year. I don't think Mack is going to go anywhere. So Taylor, to me, is more of a dynasty long-term, unless you can get him in the sixth or seventh round. I think he might be worth a flyer there and a risk take. Uh, but that depends on your league and your draft. Dynasty, for sure, Taylor's the top of a dynasty draft. you got to get on that and sit on that because he will eventually get the job there in Indianapolis. And I think... Pittman is the same. I, I don't think he's at T.Y. Hilton's level, of course. He is a rookie. Uh, of course, the back of the mid-rounds right now. I think a lot of people are going to overlook him. But I do think Michael Pittman is going to make some kind of fantasy waves and step in as a starter there in Indianapolis with Phillip Rivers, with a great offensive line that's going to give Rivers time, with two good backs, so their play action is going to be really good. And if you get on in some one-on-one situations with Michael Pittman in Indianapolis, and they will structure their offensive play calling to get into those situations where they can hit Hilton deep on a play action or Pittman. Pittman's more of a jump ball guy. He's 6'4 and a half. He's athletic. Pittman can be used on the, the post routes in the end zone. There's a lot of of, of you know corner routes that Pittman can run. I do think he's going to be a player in this offense. I think he's also going to pull enough of that overall top-end coverage away from Hilton that I think it does help T.Y. Hilton as well. I do not think Pittman hurts T.Y. in any way. If anything, I think Pittman and Taylor have just helped T.Y. have some more one-on-ones and some more schemes and zones where he can find an opening. So I do think... Now, the question with T.Y., as a lot of these, you know, veteran NFL players, what they deal with over their careers is hamstrings and injuries. And that's the thing with T.Y. If he can stay healthy, I think he's going to absolutely still have a big year. T.Y.'s on that border with me. He still has to be kept in 16 keeper leagues, a four keeper league. I don't know if he fits in there. I think Hilton might be in the third, fourth round at best in my mind personally. And a lot of that is just injury risk with Hilton. But barring that, I think Hilton is still very much in play because Phillip Rivers with time, with a good offensive line, is extremely different than what he was dealing with in Los Angeles with the Chargers. He wasn't getting a ton of time. Rivers is not a mobile quarterback. With this probably the best young offensive line in the league in Indianapolis. I do expect Hilton and Pittman and these running backs to get some fantasy points due to Rivers running this offense smoothly. So that's going to be an offense to watch. Indianapolis hit all of their weaknesses in the draft. Uh, They even got Jacob Eason as a backup quarterback to hold a clipboard for a couple years there. Uh, I believe that they really had one of the best drafts this year and will be a player in that AFC South division, for sure. So Taylor and Pittman are immediate fantasy-relevant rookies that came on to the Indianapolis Colts squad. We're going to move on to Jacksonville, who addressed their defense mainly with C.J. Henderson and Shaysan. They really, really attacked their defense. Great, smart moves by the Jaguars, another team similar to Cleveland and Cincinnati. It was nice to see them get good draft picks. 
But my pick that is the only pick that's truly fantasy relevant that they made that I think I'm in love with this player. Maybe Jacksonville wasn't my hopeful spot for him to land. But I do think with his ability, no matter where he went, he's going to make an immediate fantasy impact. LaVisca Chenault Jr., wide receiver for Colorado, a big boy, very, very athletic, can make plays in the open field. He's 6'1", 227 with speed and hands. This kid, to me, is an immediate fantasy impact type player. I would say sleeper, but with this offseason, with the quarantine, I think a lot of people are going to be paying attention to uh, this draft and offseason in the NFL due to the coronavirus climate. So I don't know if he's going to be in the sleeper category, but there's so many young receivers coming out of this draft and just a ton going on this year going into the draft with people over analyzing everything. He could get overlooked, <clears throat> and he's one of my sleeper rookie picks. I think he's going to be an immediate impact player in fantasy. LaVisca Chenault for Jacksonville, wide receiver. Look for him in the early mid-rounds. You need a good young receiver, dynasty even higher. You want to get that kid early. He's going to be a good playmaker for a long time. Look at his film. It's pretty amazing. Big kid. Can do a lot of things. Super athletic. LaVisca Chenault. Definitely put a star by that kid's name. He's going to be a baller. The Kansas City Chiefs pretty much addressed everything they needed, but they're one pick that the fantasy world is on fire right now over, and there is a lot of, I would say, hype, and it's much, it's a first round pick running back for the Chiefs, so automatically you're going to get hype right there. It's the one spot, even though I thought last year... You know, running back, it didn't hurt them as bad as they thought. I thought they had a little bit of depth there, even with the injuries and McCoy and all that stuff. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, already people talking about taking this kid, you know, top 10 running back. Very possible. With the way they use running backs, Andy Reid has always used running backs, the way they're going to use the running back in Kansas City, and they got to take a little bit of pressure off Mahomes. He still has all his weapons on the outside. I think everything is set up for Edwards Hilaire to be an RB1. I really do. I think they're going to use him in the passing game. They're going to use him in the running game. He can run block a little bit. He's a squatty guy, 5'7", 207. But those squatty guys are hard to tackle, and he's one of those guys. He's been compared to Brian Westbrook, a, a back I watched growing up, very fast, shifty. I think he's going to be one of those instinctive backs that just you can't quite get a good hit on him and just figures out a way to get yards, stays low to the ground with the short frame. No one will ever probably be Barry Sanders again, but he's got that same kind of look and low shifty ability. Doesn't have the moves like Sanders or anything like that. I'm not comparing him to Sanders, make that clear. But he's got the same type of build. He's a little short, shifty guy. I think he's going to fit right into Andy Reid's offense. And yes, you can't be over aggressive with him. If you've got the ability to take a young running back like that in the first four rounds, uh, a guy that's guaranteed with Andy Reid to get some work, You've got to take them. In that offense, they're going to have a lot of scoring opportunities, enough to go around and make everybody happy on that offense. I do think he is the number one running back and one of the number one fantasy-relevant players. He's in that top three, if not two. Some people have him at one as the most important fantasy-relevant player in the draft. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the Chiefs is definitely a superstar stars rising type guy so if you can get him be aggressive get him trade get the spot where you can get him whatever however your league works out at this point just after the draft heading into summer Hilaire running back for the Chiefs is a must get the Los Angeles Chargers pretty good draft they you know similar to a lot of these other teams you know hit their needs of course uh, they've got a couple uh, interesting picks. Herbert will step in. I don't know how fantasy relevant he's going to be right off the bat. He's got some weapons to work with. Don't know if he's immediately going to get thrown that top 12 in my personal rankings at this point, right now, this early in the year. Uh, I think he's outside my top 12, probably in the mid-teens range. 
Got to see how this kid works in the offense, see a couple preseason games with him, kind of get a feel for him, and then the rankings should get more accurate at that time. But right now he's out of the top 12, just a good young kid you need to keep your eye on. He's got all the attributes, but you've seen it a million times in the NFL. There's a ton of kids that have all the pieces and the attributes, and then they get to the big time and nothing happens. So Herbert is something that you got to watch, keep an eye on, he will rise. Quarterbacks, nobody's taking him early anyway. So he's a kid you can get at the back of the draft, maybe behind your starter and kind of see what happens. And that's probably where he's going to end up even at draft time as a backup. If people, There's a lot of people that do one quarterback at a time or a guy you can keep your eye on on the waiver wire. 6'6", 236 though, Herbert. He's, he's not a small guy and he's got athleticism and a good arm. Could be very interesting there for the Chargers. But the pick that everybody's talking about for the Chargers is Joshua Kelly, running back out of UCLA. Very good college career, 5'11", 212. He's got a good build to him, good NFL build. Is he going to affect Henderson at running back? I mean, um, is he going to affect Eckler? I'm sorry, Eckler at running back. I, probably because Eckler works better in a two-back system. He's more of a scat guy, uh, pass catcher out of the backfield he's more of a pass catcher than he is really a runner but he does run well but Eckler's not a three down type back I do think it's going to be somewhat of a split load but you know with more of the load going towards Eckler but Kelly should get a nice piece of work in there and if he does well and injuries get involved or he gets enough work to shine a little bit those things can tilt a little bit and get more of a split or maybe even more in Kelly's direction and use Eckler as a change of pace towards the end of the year. So that's something you got to kind of keep your eye on. I think Eckler does take a little bit of a hit here. I think he was a top two to three round guy in most drafts heading into this, and you could probably drop him a few spots with the pickup of Kelly. But I personally believe Kelly's just a depth pick. I think Eckler's pretty safe. The way they use him, I think he is kind of uh, substitution-proof at this point just because Eckler does so much so well for that team, especially with a young quarterback, possibly at the helm. He's not – Eckler just seems to fit the system perfectly where they're at right now in the Chargers organization. So I do think Kelly – I would even shy away from handcuff at this point. He is going to be a handcuff there for sure. They also have Justin Jackson there, so it's not a guarantee that he's the number two back there. He's definitely in the back end of the keeper category. I mean, the uh, handcuff category at this point. But I want to stress, Austin Eckler is safe, should be kept in keeper leagues. I think Eckler's still going to have a good year. He's earned it. He's got the ability. Eckler is still safe. We're going to move on to the Los Angeles Rams, who had a very interesting draft, very fantasy relevant. Cam Akers, I think he's going to hurt Henderson. I really do. I think Akers might even win that job. To me, I think he could be a plug-in running back for the Rams. He can catch the ball. He's shifty. He's strong. He's a very complete running back, and he's built for the NFL a little bit short, 5'10", but he's 217. He's got some muscle on him. <clears throat> he's got speed, played for a big program. I think Cam Akers, I won't, it's hard to say sleeper this year. I don't think there's any sleepers because the world is watching this draft, but Cam Akers is a definite immediate impact fantasy guy for me, and I will be looking for him in drafts for sure uh, and trying to get him probably earlier than most. He's one of those guys I've got two stars by his name. I think in that Rams offense, they need a running back like Akers with athleticism that can catch the ball if needed, can get out in the open field, help in pass protection. I think Akers fits all of those categories. It's a very complete back. I think it was a big move by the Rams. If you can get Akers early, jump on it. I think he will pay off for you probably sooner than later honestly I don't think they're going to wait too long Henderson is a good back I just don't think he's proven that he can be the main guy somewhere I think Henderson is a change of pace guy or maybe a share the load type guy I think Akers is a heavy load type running back I really do so Cam Akers to me is at the top of the sleeper 
or watch list, whatever you want to call it, at this point in the fantasy offseason. Very big, nice pick for the Rams. Their second pick, 25th pick in the second round, I thought was a very sneaky good pick out of Florida. Sean Jefferson's kid, a guy I watched playing two Super Bowls growing up, decent receiver in the NFL. Van Jefferson out of Florida, I think, is going to be a good piece to add to this Rams offense. I don't think it's going to hurt Cup very much. I think Cooper Cup is still, or Robert Woods as well. I think Woods and Cup are still going to get theirs. Uh, If anything, it probably hurts Woods because Woods is more of an outside guy. But Woods and Cup are kind of the same. They can go in or out. I think Jefferson is going to be more of an outside guy. Uh, But he's 6'2", 200. So I don't see him playing a slot too much. But he's got athletic ability. He's going to add a piece for Jared Goff in that Rams offense to get things done on offense. I think last year they were kind of with the girly situation. And they just seemed a little off kilter last year. They had some offensive line issues. I think they're going to try to uh, come at it with a different approach this year. I think Akers will be leaned on, and I think they'll use some play action with Goff. And I do think Cup, Woods, are probably your still two main wide receiver targets. They liked Higby and their tight ends last year quite a bit, so Higby may still get some action. So Jefferson, to me, is not a giant fantasy prospect at this point. But he's got the ability to rise up and be fantasy relevant. But he's not a guy I would take early or even mid-rounds at this point. But Jefferson needs to be on people's radars rookie-wise. Cam Akers needs to be at the very top of your rookie list. We're going to move on to Las Vegas. Very interesting draft. They took they pretty much well. They took three very interesting receivers. They pretty much changed their entire. I mean, at least half of their receiving core. I don't blame them. They're trying to get Carr some options. Uh, but their first pick was a little bit of a shock. I would have taken a, uh, you know Jerry Judy over Ruggs. But they took Henry Ruggs. He can fly. I think he's a 4-2 and change guy. Just absolute speed demon. He's got decent hands. He's not huge, but he's got a little length to him at 5'11". He's only 188 pounds. Uh, but I do think he's going to fit what they're wanting to do there, using him to stretch the field a little bit. I think with getting Ruggs... Bowden and Edwards, the three rookie receivers they drafted. I think this is going to open things up for Jacobs and Waller around the line of scrimmage, get them some space because if they've got some guys with athleticism, speed, and talent on the outside there in Vegas, I think the Raiders are going to have uh, uh, some room for Jacobs to work in the middle of the field along with Waller. Uh, in the wings, I think he'll get some open looks, you know, 10 and outs because they're going to have to pay attention to these receivers. Brian Edwards, I think, is the sleeper of the picks. I think he's going to be a big boy with hands out of South Carolina. He's not a small receiver. I think the Raiders are going to use him quite a bit, especially in the red zone. 6'3", 212, Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. I think out of the three receivers, yes, Ruggs is going to get his, especially being the first pick. They're going to target him quite a bit. So I do think Ruggs is going to be an immediate fantasy impact player. But I also believe Edwards, maybe not a guy, of course, that you want to get too early. But at the back of a draft right now, people are going to forget about him. He's the third receiver taken. But I do think with his ability and the way he's built, I think he can make an immediate fantasy impact as far as red zone looks and just his abilities in general. I think he's a nice, under-the-radar rookie pick. Brian Edwards, wide receiver, Las Vegas. Look for him as a depth piece at the back of drafts as of right now. But the receiver that was taken ahead of him, well, one pick ahead of him, Lynn Bowden out of Kentucky, is one of those guys that can kind of do everything. You know, like a Cordell store back in the day. Could, you know, he could even play quarterback if you needed him to. He's just a, one of those all-round athletes. Great vision, can run with the ball. I think he's going to be a nice, shifty little piece that the Raiders can add. But he's a guy at the back of drafts. I don't even know if he'll get drafted. Uh Unless he does something crazy in camp, uh, Bowden is not a huge fantasy piece, in my opinion, at this point. But let me be clear: Lynn Bowden for the Ve- uh, for the chart. I mean, sorry, for the Raiders will make some kind of impact. And I do even think he's going to slide in at a slot starter position, or whenever they run the slot, I think he might be the guy 
there are three and four wide receiver sets for sure, and he'll probably rotate in as an as, at the wide receiver two spot a bit with Edwards. So he is going to be involved. I just don't know how involved he's going to be in terms of fantasy. And even Edwards is a stretch, but I do think long-term, and I think as the season goes on, I think you're going to start seeing Edwards rack up some points. But the main guy, who's an immediate, definitely top-of-the-mid-rounds guy right now, people will probably be taking him too early, but I do think they took him for a reason. Henry Ruggs will make an immediate fantasy impact for the Raiders, so he's definitely, if you're looking for receiver, mid-rounds, Ruggs will definitely be a guy you need to be looking at. Miami, very interesting with Tua. They addressed defense, offensive line. They got Austin Jackson out of USC at tackle, also in the first round. They pretty much hit everything on on the head that they needed to draft-wise. I am happy they took a chance on Tua. I think long-term, Tua could be the best quarterback in this draft. He's basically like a left-handed breeze if he's got time. He's very accurate. He's very smart. Yes, there's injury questions, but there's injury questions about every player in the NFL. I think Tua is a good long-term pick for the Dolphins. This year, fantasy-wise, I wouldn't take him too early. Let the other guys do that and take that chance. I don't know if he's... I think Fitzpatrick might even start the year to give him more time to heal with that hip. But in Dynasty, Tua is definitely worth picking up and sitting on and seeing how the season goes. Very talented quarterback. I'm excited for the Dolphins. Really, they're doing everything you need to do in a rebuild. They're doing it the right way in Miami. Minnesota had a very interesting draft. Justin Jefferson, very good receiving pick to help out that core for Cousins. Take a little pressure off Dalvin Cook maybe a little bit. Uh, I do think Justin Jefferson, wide receiver three range right off the bat. Could rise as the season goes on, but Jefferson should slide right in there with Thielen and company at wide receiver for Minnesota. Should be a very, very good pick. They addressed mainly defense with the rest of their draft. They lost a lot of guys on defense, and that's where they focused the rest of the draft on. But Justin Jefferson is a possible wide receiver three and fantasy prospect right out the gate. New England, really not much at all in terms of fantasy. They got a couple tight ends in the third round, uh, but very quiet draft for New England this year. I think they're just dealing with the loss of Brady. Everything's just changing so rapidly there in New England. It's going to be interesting how they handle their year. Uh, But right now, fantasy-wise, the Patriots are looking like a black hole, to be honest with you. Uh, The Saints got a center with their first pick, kind of focused on defense. They only had a few picks. They got a tight end in the third round. Really not much to mention there. Uh, They did uh, pick up Winston as a backup quarterback today, uh, this morning. They got Jameis Winston as their backup, so that's kind of an interesting move. But overall, fantasy-wise, the Saints are basically what they have been the last couple years with Kamara, Breeze, and Thomas. The Giants had a very active draft. Uh, As far as fantasy goes, not much relevance, but they did help out their defense. They addressed their line a little bit, some areas that they needed to address to help out the fantasy relevant players they already have like Saquon Barkley that young receiving core young quarterback so they did help out their team fantasy wise as far as shoring up their defense in their offensive line I think they're really helping in both those areas so the Giants are taking a step forward overall and as a team uh, great moves The Jets uh, addressed their offensive line. I think the main pick for the Jets, I think that's going to make a difference fantasy-wise, really their only pick fantasy-wise, is Denzel Mims out of Baylor, a long, fast, playmaking receiver, I think is really going to help out Darnold. He's a guy you need to look at in the back of drafts as of right now. So Denzel Mims, not a bad pick for the Jets. and I I think that's going to help everybody out, including Le'Veon Bell there. The Eagles had a very interesting draft. I think Jalen Rieger was a good pick out of TCU. He's fast, shifty. He's going to add a lot of speed for that team. He can return kicks. He can do a lot of different things. He made the team faster, and that was a team approach going into this draft was to get faster, and that's exactly what they did. They got faster and more athletic. And Jalen Rieger, wide receiver out of TCU, is a very strong pick 
Jalen Hurts, they took him as insurance for Carson Wentz. They'll use him in some packages, I believe, right off the bat, similar to what the Saints do with Hill in New Orleans. I think Hurts will make an immediate impact on that front, and if something happens to Wentz, I think Jalen Hurts could eventually be the quarterback of the future there in Philly. So not a popular move when he made it, but I do think now that everybody's had a day or two to digest the Philadelphia Eagles draft, we realize they had a pretty good draft. They addressed everything they needed. They're addressing the quarterback depth issue. I think they have really shored up. Um, They even got a speedster, an under-the-radar kid out of Boise State named John Hightower. He can stretch the field as well with a ton of speed. So the Eagles had a pretty good draft. Rieger is probably back of the draft. Might sneak up into mid-drafts as people talk him up going towards the fantasy season. All right, Pittsburgh, not much. They got Chase Claypool, I think could be a decent pick. Uh, I wasn't huge on Claypool, honestly, but second round, 17th pick. He's a big boy. He'll be using the red zone. Could help out there. Uh, They also got a running back, (coughs) Anthony McFarland out of Maryland. I think that's more of a depth pick as well, so not much is going to change there, and I don't think Claypool is much of a fantasy-relevant receiver from what we've seen as of yet or heard, Uh, but that is something that could change in the preseason. He comes out and lights it up. Seattle didn't do much in the uh, arena of fantasy. They didn't really change much. Uh, they All their pieces are pretty much staying intact with Carson, Wilson, Metcalf, and so on. So they, they pretty much stayed the same in fantasy terms. San Francisco had a very interesting day. They made some trades. They got rid of some players uh, that needed uh, to go. Uh, they picked up you know, some good defensive players, Kinlaw with their first pick. Uh, but the one guy in San Francisco I want to focus on that I'm going to take too early in a lot of drafts that I really am huge on, I think he's going to be a star in San Francisco. I know this is really early to be saying this. Maybe it's the quarantine that's got me. But Brandon Ayuk, I think, out of Arizona State, I think is a great pickup for the San Francisco 49ers. He's going to add a great dimension to that offense. Uh, I think he can do it all, and he's got size, he's got speed, he's just a pure playmaker. Ayuk, San Francisco, definitely put a couple stars by him, and you can take him as early as you need to, in my opinion. I think he's a future star. Uh, Tampa Bay, Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt, third round, 12th pick. He could be the starting back there, sleeper, put him in your top four. Right now, not a ton of people talking about him, but trust me, they will as the season comes. Keyshawn Vaughn is the future starting running back in Tampa Bay, in my opinion. And Tom Brady needs a good running game. Keyshawn Vaughn, sleeper pick for sure at running back for the Buccaneers. Tennessee didn't do much uh, on their end. They focused on defense. Uh, they got a running back in the third, Evans. Not much to say there, just a depth pick. And Cole McDonald at a Hawaii quarterback could be in a year or two with some work on the back end could be a decent pickup long term. It's a good young quarterback, but very, very raw out of Hawaii. And we'll finish off with the Washington Redskins. Of course, Chase Young was a great pick. I think Antonio Gibson, a little shifty, kind of do-it-all wide receiver out of Memphis, was a sneaky pick. Uh, they got better. They hit they're at such a low point. I don't know how much better they're going to get. They traded Trent Williams to the Niners. Uh, but they're putting together some pretty decent pieces there for Haskins. Uh, they, If Guy stays healthy, they've got Peterson and Guy back there. The future, I won't say, is bright yet for the Redskins. they got a good grounding force type coach in Rivera. I think the sideline's going to be a lot more locked in. I think it's going to be a better coach team overall. I do think they're going to make a few strides, but probably still end up in the cellar. <clears throat> if Chase Young turns out to be as big of a deal as people are saying, that defense is going to be lights out. All right, guys, I went through the fantasy-relevant players for all 32 teams in the NFL. Uh, in this hour, it was kind of a flash into the draft. So if there's anything I missed, feel free to email me at toddsfantasypicks at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at F at FFWT. The handle on Twitter is at FFWT. Feel free to hit me on Twitter. Feel free to email me. 
any questions that you have, I know it's early summer. We're heading into summer, so I know it's extremely early. Uh, but as we get through the summer, uh, check this podcast weekly. I will be giving out information throughout the summer leading up to the draft season for fantasy next year. I will be more than willing to help anybody out that needs it. Once again, guys, thanks for listening. This is Inside Fantasy Football with Todd. Until next time, I'm out.